So hello, welcome back to iPhotography Podcast. You're listening to Steve, one of the tutors here at iPhotography, and I'm joined by Rebecca today, another tutor of ours. Hi everyone. So today we are talking about how to plan a photo. Now it's it sounds kind of very simple, you know, in the sense that you may just go outside and want to take a picture really quickly, and which is absolutely fine, there's no problem with that. But if you want to make a more considered project or set up shots, then there needs to be some sort of process. And everybody's got a slightly different process. But for some people who have never done a project before in that sense, um, may not have any kind of workflow at all, would they really? So it's just running a little bit crazy. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about how to, or give you know, a couple of different ways that you can kind of plan a photo shoot out and, and uh, see what comes of it. Yeah, definitely. And, and for me, you know, I think that's quite important. More often than not, especially working, if I'm working for a client, they'll offer a rough brief. Um, I'll always research it as well and, and you know, see what it is that they are interested in and from there I'd start to create a mood board generally um, whether that's through Instagram or through Pinterest um, mm. which we'll go into more yeah. in a later podcast um, but I think it's really important to do a little bit of of research on images similar to that theme that you're thinking about doing um, and keep it in, in an organised mood board so if you ever want to come back to it and add to it or you know redo that uh, sort of style shoot again You've got those images there. Plus, when you're out on location and sometimes, you know, everything gets in your head, it's good to have a place to stop and look back yeah. and think, oh, I remember that now. So, I forgot so I was going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I've done that tons of time that you you go out and you get the excitement of going on the photo shoot and, and it's brilliant and we never want to kind of take that excitement away. But if you want to achieve what you've set out to achieve, then yeah, just refer back to it. You can put it on your phone as a, yeah. as a few pictures and just save them in a, in a little folder and it just helps you stop getting carried away you know and end up coming home and going I've got some pictures but they're not what I wanted to shoot or they're not as good as I wanted to shoot because you didn't you know keep that control in that direction so there is you've got to like, refrain a little bit and I think you're right that mood board just having some reference shots they don't really be images that you have to repeat exactly but it's just a bit of inspiration when you're on location, isn't it, really? Definitely, and I think it's good to have a jump-off point to start the movement. You know, if you're working with someone, especially, you know, working with people, if you're working with someone who's it's their first time being photographed, if you mm. can give them that little bit of direction oh, to yeah. get them started, um, it really, really helps. And using mood boards and things, you know, you can you can look at people's body language and, yeah. and things and, and almost mimic that with your... Um, subject as well yeah it, it's so true i've done tons of portrait shoots before and you're you're inevitably working with you know if it's families etc obviously the people that aren't natural models or if it's someone who is a model but maybe it's still their first time they need to have some sort of direction you yeah. know if you can't say or oh, put your hand here and there it's like, what does that mean you almost sometimes have to show them yeah and if you feel uncomfortable with doing that use those pictures on, on a mood board you know on your phone and just say like look at this kind of picture here this is the idea that i want to create so if you get them into that position maybe it's just little tweaks from there but but you're right because then i think it's it's a case of getting a, a collection of images together say if it's on your phone it's really useful and then maybe looking at how you can change it yourself look mm -hmm. for opportunities and gaps um, as to where you can exploit because it, I so say it's all very well and good to recreate an image. There's nothing necessarily wrong with that. But if you want to become a considered photographer, 
and build your own style ultimately you've got to kind of add things on in a sense as well or you've got to kind of look for that little bit of a niche so as opposed to photographing Buckingham Palace or something like that in the same way that everybody does as a straight-on shot how about kind of walking to the sides getting some kind of slightly more unusual angles or not photographing the whole building and just parts of it so it's still got those recognizable elements so I think you know if you're if you're going through Pinterest or Google images and you're typing in a big landmark that you're going to you know make a note of the things that people aren't taking pictures of yeah um, and then like work backwards in that way because then it it gives you the opportunity to craft your own style and make things that are a bit more unusual and, and innovative as, as well as being able to put like extra things on top as well can you yeah i mean definitely and and going back to what you're saying i completely agree you know you you want to be different and stand out in that sense you know yeah. so everyone has that postcard image of buckingham palace but you know, has anyone looked at the symmetry on the, the windows or, yeah. you know, done a close-up of the flags or, you know, things like that. So it's important. But when you start to add things into your image, you can look at as in, you know, perhaps light trails. Maybe there's a bus yeah. going. I don't know if buses pass Buckingham Palace. I don't, I don't so, imagine but... she's on a bus, <laughs> bus. route. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great just to see the queen picking up the number 12 going down yeah. to Canary Wharf. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you could even add those yourself, you know, with a torch. Um, you, the way you edit the image, you know, yeah. you could Photoshop the Queen and wave it on the bus if you really wanted to. Why not? <laughs> but that itself is, as silly as it may sound, but it's a fun niche. And, and, and some people, they do make a living or at least a style of photography out of, you know, slightly more bizarre conceptual images. It, it's, it's just a personal taste as to whether you like it or not, but it's not wrong to do in a sense either. So, I, but you're totally right, you know, starting off with that basic image of, of um, I was going to say Blackpool Tower, then, but <laughs> it's a little bit more grander than that, I'm sorry, but starting off with that base image of, uh, of Buckingham Palace and then adding things onto it, not just going, right, I'm taking the symmetry, that's beautiful, but now it's like, right, how can I do something a little bit different, as you say, whether it's light trails or quirky editing or or kind of maybe like a zoom burst or yeah, touch angles, any, yeah, that's like, it. Yeah. anything, little bit, anything different. Um, you know, you may not like it in the first instance yourself, but you've got to try it. Maybe it's just the the subject doesn't suit what you're trying to do, but it doesn't mean that you should stop doing it entirely. But I think that's how you kind of can plan out a good image by making it more unique in that sense, really. So, yeah, it's, it's like multi, multi-dimensional thinking, uh, just I was adding more things on. But it's also worth saying that, that, you know, if you're looking at images that have got a lot of editing that have applied to them um, and you'd like to kind of reach that level, um, if you're not good at editing to begin with, try not to kind of put a lot of pressure on yourself to pick out images that require tons of editing until you've learned those skills. So. Um, it's great to have a, a like an end goal and a motivation to get to, but don't overreach, I suppose, is what I'm saying straight away anyway. But I think beyond that, there is a good kind of um, discussion about preparation as well. Yeah, and I think it, it kind of feeds into it. You know, if you're not, if you want to photograph at Golden Hour and you're going out midday, you've got a lot of editing to, to make those tones look as if it's Golden Hour. Yeah. Just go out at Golden Hour, yeah. you know, and consider things like this before you you leave. The time that you're going, um, where you're going as well, you know, is it going to be a busy high street? Mm. Are you better going later on when it's quieter? Yeah, um, things like this. And then if you are going in the midday sun, do you need filters? Um, and it's always really important to think of these things. Otherwise, you get there and you think, oh God, I've forgotten ten yeah. things that I need. But that, and... That's why, like, a, a list is a great thing as well. Um, 
especially if you don't go out and shoot often or you do like a big project it, it's it's like packing for a holiday it gets kind of quite ex kind of exciting in a way making yourself a short list and as you say if you know where you go in what the weather's going to be like because those are really good things to think about ahead of time and then you can basically kind of put in your bag you know your camera your lenses your filter your tripod your memory cards your batteries your cleaning kits you know a bit of food you know, make yourself a bit of a list i think we probably got one or two things like that on eye photography anyway um if you're a student of, of eye photography to begin with you'll probably be able to find some sort of resources and kit list that you can download to just to give you a little bit of an idea as to the things that you should be taking i mean it'll differ from you know project to project and, yeah, and yeah. subject to subject but there's there's probably kind of a, a very basic kind of list that you can kind of download just to give yourself an idea of what to, to throw in the back definitely on our free 30-day photographer course which you can uh, sign up to yes um, it is indeed you're right so yeah as soon as uh yeah it's something that's worth checking out you can have a look on iPhotography.com or get in contact with us if you want the link for that as well that's our 30-day photographer which is it's a fantastic little introduction to our kind of community as a whole um but yeah ultimately kind of getting that kit list um and checking out beforehand you know all the all the right times especially if you're going hiking checking yeah. out the trails and the beauty spots and all the right elevated points so basically you you know you're almost making a little map as to where to kind of go for that day to be guaranteed to get the right kind of angles based yeah. upon the the subject that you're photographing so there is a bit of planning you know we're not saying it has to be hours of, of work is it or it's just, no, you know, definitely. Minutes or you don't want to waste fine. a whole day planning, but yeah. it is worth it. You know, I went to um, Snowdon not long ago, photographing uh, waterfalls, and it was amazing, beautiful. I got home, and my friend said to me, "Oh, did you find the um, infinity pool?" And I was like, "Oh no, I didn't realise that was there." Yeah. It was literally, if I had turned left rather than right, it was there. <laughs> Honestly, you can't write it, yeah. and that's the importance of preparation because. You know, you miss these tiny little golden nuggets within oh, yeah. the landscapes. Um, so definitely always um, look out for where you're going and pre-plan where you want to go. Um, yeah. I don't know if you do. I The one thing I do, especially if it's a location I've not been to before, but is to Google Earth it or yeah, like Street View or whichever. Definitely. And that zoom in, especially if it's landscapes because they're, they're, they're so kind of widespread. But like zoom in and then look for like maybe like the ruins of buildings or the walls of a field, etc. And see if there's any walking paths. And literally just scour the area, just yeah. kind of pan across the page. And then almost, um, I think you can kind of save points and make effectively. I think you map, can, yeah. Can't you? you can yeah. Like, like a little map. Um, and, and save it genius. offline. Yeah. You know, especially oh, yeah. if you're going out hiking, um, you have no signal yeah. in the mountains. Yeah. So save it offline. Um, and I, I always save when I arrive, I save my location of where the car is as well. Because yeah, yeah. I'm terrible at forgetting where I parked. I'll tell you one thing I saw the other day, which I thought was really clever, and this is certainly not a sponsored uh, ad or an endorsement <laughs> or anything like that, um, but an app called What Three Words. Now, I, I've had it from my phone for a while, but it, it's only kind of clocked now as to where it can be obviously very, very useful for photographers. So if you're not familiar with it, it's an app that basically has broken down the entire planet Earth into... I think it's a three meter square. Um, so literally the entire planet is broken down on, on a grid basis. And each of these little squares, which I think are maybe only about kind of maybe two, three feet kind of wide and long, um, are given three individual words. And they're totally randomized. You know, they've worked <laughs> out by a computer or whatever. So it may be like light, vampire, lettuce or whatever. It's totally <laughs> random like that. But if somebody else, somebody else can type in that on the app and they can know within two feet where you are on a planet 
we so um a lot of emergency services and using oh, it amazing. Um, That's but so cool. for like for that purpose then yeah if you're going out hiking or something like that you know if you get into problems and such you know you can use that app and i think a lot of emergency services at least in the uk use it but i imagine it probably across elsewhere in the world is but yeah if you get lost as to where your car is then maybe kind of just save it and then you find go oh yeah light lettuce vampire there's my car <laughs> straight back to where you are straight away so so yeah ultimately it, it does come down to a lot of preparation in terms of planning where you go in um checking out the weather the the light on that day you know where the sun's going to be in relation to where you are in your location and getting your camera kit ready you know packing the bag cleaning the camera the lenses formatting all your memory cards making sure your batteries are fully charged and popping in your iPhotography flip cards obviously always yeah <laughs> it's, nice it's, little plug it's important to remember no matter how much preparation you put into a shoot things change things are out of our control um, and you've got to be really open to these changes just accept them and you know go with the flow see what opportunities they represent you know you might not get the first shot that you wanted but you might get another shot that's yeah. brilliant that you never thought you'd get yeah um, go in kind of open open to change yeah, it's the same positive. It's it's important, especially if it's just a hobby. You know, photography is a hobby or a passion for you. It's an opportunity to escape from the world. Don't treat it as that you need to get great shots every time you go. Obviously, it'd be great if you can, mm -hmm. but you don't need to apply that pressure to yourself. You've just got to make it kind of nice and fun and relaxing because there is a ton of things that will change, you know, our variables, especially if you're working in the outdoors, weather is going yeah, to be the biggest always. one, especially if you live in this country. <laughs> um, if you're a portrait photographer, you'll probably know by now that children are the biggest variable you will ever meet. So <laughs> I've done shoots for years and even after, you know, 10, 11 years of doing it, I would still have sessions that I would found tricky because it was just that child didn't gel with me. They weren't coming in at the right time. They just weren't prepared right. And that's not your fault as a photographer. You can do whatever you can do. But ultimately, you know, it's down to the parent in that in, uh, instance to try and help you out. And if that's not happening, you may not get the shot. So, you know, just not a case of walking away from it, but just going, all right, didn't work today, but maybe tomorrow that, that will have a massive change. And, you know, I think if you prepare yourself emotionally and practically um, everything else, you know, you just totally blame us for and the things will kind of come better, you know, things will kind of come from being positive rather than negative, I believe. And it, it's important to remember that, you know, photography is a hobby. It should be a passion and an escape from the world. You know, yeah, yeah. it shouldn't be a negative thing. You don't need to take pictures. Yeah. You don't need to make fantastic pictures. Um, so take the pressure off and relax and enjoy it. Um, you know, if you're not feeling up to it that day, that's fine. Do it tomorrow. You know, things can, can move and change around. Um, even, you know, if, even if you're a professional photographer, you can always rejig your schedule yeah. um, to suit your personal mood as well, because that's always very important. That's it. I think it is... It's a very different hobby from many things. Anything kind of creative like this, it's... You've got to... You've got to feel that you've gone. You want to do it. You've got to wake Definitely. up in the right mind frame, really. But um, I think that's probably one of the biggest kind of preparators, if that's the right word, um, is yourself. You know, yeah. your, your mindset really as well. But and don't don't overbook yourself. You know, don't book in a portrait session with fifteen different people <laughs> yeah. because that's tiring. And by right. the tenth person, you're not gonna care. Yeah. Do it, break it up, do it over two days. Oh, I did that once, um, and it was a full day shoot. I hired the studio. Started off at 9am and block booked models every two hours. And maybe there's about a 15 minute gap in between. And after about 
the third or fourth one, I was just bored. You just don't care. You just yeah. like, you've, I'll shoot the same shots that I've done already. And I totally wasn't given that kind of the later models, the best service that I could have. And all my shots kind of came, the best shots came from the start. Yeah. So yeah, I'd, I'd say kind of keep it in, you're right, keep it in small batches. Don't go out and intend to shoot for eight hours on a landscape yeah. because you won't care. You know, after about two, three hours, you're yeah. like, right, I've had enough now. I'm going to go shh, let us light vampire back to the car. Yeah. <laughs> Having said that, I do I do a lot of um, sort of circus skills, dance photography, um, and I always try if I've got a block book of you know the last one I worked with nine girls throughout the day, and it was a long day. It was, but I always try and they'll all come with their own moves and their own ideas. But in my head, I'll pre-plan at least one thing for each girl, so that I know this next person i've got a shoot i've got an idea in my head that i want to capture yeah so that your inspiration is still there your motivation is still there as much as it can be after a tiring day um there's still something that you want to personally achieve from it yeah it's not about them getting their image it's about you wanting to put the effort in to get your image that's yeah i think you're right if you yeah, if everybody gets something unique yeah. and you don't do it in other shoots and yeah. you're like, I've got to do it in that last exactly. one and I'm, I'm saving the best till last or I'm saving something till the end. So I should say it keeps your mindset going. I expect, but you have to be so um, disciplined yes, you, you to do. not basically kind of just do everything at the very start and then do it all again as well. So yeah, I think there is a, like, I think it goes back to the mindset. You've got to yeah. have the right kind of mindset to want to go out and shoot. And that comes back to like inspiration beforehand really as well if you're inspired you've got things you want to go out and do then you will go out and achieve it you know and if you're excited for it but but everyone's different ultimately and i think again if you're listening to this it'd be lovely to know what or how you actually plan your own photo shoots maybe you have a similar process maybe it is something totally different really you know you you kind of go about it a different way and it'd be great i think if people can get in touch isn't it and definitely is you need to we were on facebook instagram um, Twitter, YouTube, everywhere really. So get in touch and let us know. Um, and it's also worth mentioning that you know use iPhotography and, and iPhotography Plus for for everything it offers. You don't always have to post a good po- picture. You know you you can ask other people about what locations they use, what props they use. Start a conversation mm-hmm. amongst the community yourselves and and use that to kind of kickstart your motivation and inspiration use other yeah. people's opinions that, that's it you know the other photographers will have a wealth of knowledge uh, as much as anybody is is listening to this as well but other people living in different places and places maybe you're going to and you've not been to before can say you know this is a really good bit so these are the tourist hotspots these are the places to avoid as well so yeah as you say for using eye photography that is brilliant and eye photography plus is our subscription-based platform where you get access to a lot more training material as well as this brilliant facebook group that everybody is just so helpful and, and so kind of yeah. conversational in there that you put a question in and within a matter of hours it's no doubt answered um but in a very friendly way and you know we have this brilliant kind of network of, of different photographers across the world who will be able to help with the aspersions and the ideas about how to plan and how to kind of prep things or the problems that they've had like when they've been out on shoots as well so if it's something you've been looking for if you're looking for some sort of little network and community of photographers then uh, check out iPhotography Plus. You can get in contact with us uh, for the link. But I think it's something like learn.iphotography.com forward slash plus. That sounds about right. That's perfect. <laughs> so, 
But in the meantime, thank you again so much for listening to this podcast from uh, myself, Stephen, and my colleague, Rebecca. If you've not uh, listened to us before, again, hopefully you've enjoyed it and you've liked it so much you want to hit a subscribe button. Um, and again, if you've been listening to other previous episodes, again, fingers crossed, hopefully you will continue to subscribe and we love you so much for that. <laughs> Um, but otherwise, from us, I think that's everything we want yeah, to talk about today. I think that's it. Yeah, we'll yeah so check everything. out some more episodes that we've got coming up and obviously previous ones as well. In the meantime, thank you very much for joining us. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.